service, say. Good morning and good evening. You're listening to Outside the Mic. I'm Jarrett Weimer. Good afternoon and good midnight. You're listening to Outside the Mic. I'm Martin Meyer. You had to just, you had to butt in, huh? You had to steal my show there. Just trying to play off you. That's okay, all. Let's continue. This is you. a podcast where we banter all matters music. Mostly we do. Ha, ha, how you doing, outsiders? Get that? Do I do that? Ha, ha, how you doing? Yeah, it's scripted. He's I reading it right it. off the freaking screen, guys. <laughs> it's good to be uh, another episode in season three, another week goodness. into it. For yes. us, it is nearly spring. Oh, my goodness. Uh, somebody posted something the other day, which I loved and I wished I could remember it. I always do that, don't I? Like, oh, this is a really cool thing, and now I can't remember it. No, it was about... Winter and then false spring, oh, and then shit. second winter and then another fall, and that's what we go through this time of year. But I'm just glad it's not zero degrees and lower. Yeah, we we are in the midst of of false spring continuation yeah. of winter right now, and I will say I'm not happy about it. No, I don't want to shovel snow anymore, but you know. My back doesn't want to shovel snow anymore either. Yeah, you know the back up there. It's like, yeah, but we need the moisture. I know, but those people can just go and... No, they're right. It's good to have moisture. I'm just cranky. We need the moisture, <laughs> Jarrett. We do. How's your week, man? Everything going good for you? Y'all, you know everything's going good for me. It's going crazy for me. I've got a... Uh, if you probably don't know, I don't think we've talked about it, but where we record our podcast in a studio in the building called the Sandstar Building. Ah, yes. Which uh, my family and I purchased, and we're actually working on renovating a room, and I got in way over my head. <laughs> but my buddy Clay is a saint, and he Also known as Hardware out. Hank, by the way. Is he? Yeah, well, he wasn't aware of that. <laughs> when I was helping you guys, yeah, when we were doing those supports for the ceiling, you know, uh-huh. uh, he he turns to me, he's like, hey, would you mind just running down to Hardware Hank real quick? And, pick <laughs> and I'm like, can you tell me where Hardware, I don't know what Hardware <laughs> Hank is. We have Ace Hardware. And he just started, he's like, ah, it's a place in Arizona or something. Yeah, that is a, another hardware store. They used yeah. to have them rapid, obviously, but he actually forgot that it was called Ace. Yeah, he, okay. he called it Hardware Hank, and I went, what'd you mm. call me? And he laughed. Yeah, what'd you call him? I call him Higgy, because I used to call him Clayton Higgs Boson. Ah. And if you, do you know what Higgs Boson is, Jared? No. Is you it don't? some sort of disease? No. <laughs> is it kind of like halitosis, where your your breath stinks? Or, no, it's not like oh. that. That would be halitosis. Well. So, oh, it didn't come up when I looked for it, but you, seriously, you've never heard of Higgs Boson? Uh, no, you could you could tell me any definition right now and be like, ah, cool. Okay. Well, and then I would go and tell my wife and she'd say you're an idiot. So Higgs boson has to do with the uh, it's like the Big Bang theory. Oh, no wonder, because I spelled it wrong. I spelled it like one word. We'll see if it comes up. It's part of the theory about the Big Bang. Ah. If, you know, if you happen to buy into that. But let's see here. Higgs boson. Oh, Google boy. <laughs> Google. 
Thanks Boy. for freaking joining. <laughs> you know, we're kind of a little prejudiced. If we we like the the Google girl, don't we? She's when just we get the softer and yeah. she's pleasant. Google boy, he's in your face. You know, it's like, oh, I know everything. Whereas Google girl, she's informative. Yeah, that's a good way. Yeah. <laughs> he even pronounced it differently than I did. Let me hear that again. Higgs boson. No, it's Higgs boson. Yeah, sounds- why, <laughs> why is he such a jerk? It's Higgs boson. <laughs> in Guardian Leviosa. Oh, wow. You Remember when you're... Hermione was like, it's not, uh, it's not, uh, uh, what was the word I just said? In Guardian Leviosa. It's in Guardian yeah. Leviosa. Oh, that's right. I you remember that? You guys just did the whole binge watching of all those. Yeah. Fresh we in my head, we caught the old COVID bug. And what we did is we, uh, mm-hmm. we watched Harry Potter the entire time. So it worked well. And did you like them? I did. I, well, I've seen them. Easton, my wife, she hasn't. She had not at the time. Okay. And uh, <clears throat> she she loves movies like that. So it it, it uh, confused me that she hadn't seen it. She loves Lion in the Witch in the Wardrobe. Any C.S. Lewis. We just saw that one. Did yeah, you? Yep, yep. That's good. Very cool. So the fact that she hadn't seen Harry Potter, I was like, girl. So now, guess what? We're gonna watch the next one that she hasn't seen. Uh The Exorcist. <sighs> I don't think I don't think she's seen that either. No, I was gonna say <laughs> Sorry. Tenacious D, Pick of Destiny, I've Jack never, Black. I haven't seen that. You were oh, telling about it. Yeah. My yeah. wife is such a she loves musicals. She sings like she is the the female version of Jack Black as far as cool. just coming up with really punny songs and stuff. Punny, punny. songs. Yeah. And uh the fact that she hasn't seen this, and those who have seen it, they're like, Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, the fact that she hasn't seen it, I'm I'm just waiting for the right time to blow her mind with this movie because she's going to love it. Okay, so I think it's pretty hilarious. It's our generation gap thing again. When you talk about musicals and she loves them and then you mention Jack Black. When well, I think of okay, musicals, I think of Julie Andrews. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, a musical per se, but like it's one of those movies that has song incorporated yeah, into yeah, it. it would, so it's a musical, but it's more yeah. of a comedy. And because it's Jack Black and he's a musician, yeah, yeah. yeah you, you get where that. I'm going. I get re- I just saw a movie with Jack Black, and before we get too off track on reviewing or talking about movies, but did you ever see First Year? Oh yeah, with the cavemen. The yeah, cavemen. Yeah, yeah, I love that one. Yeah. Uh, hilarious. It's a um, Harold Ramis movie, and he did Stripes, and he did Groundhog's Day, and <laughs> Groundhog's Day, I, yeah. I like everything he did. It was a sad story. I was reading um, Bill Murray's autobiography, mm-hmm. and it was actually done in a different way. It was about it's sort of like stories about what he would do to uplift and make did, people laugh. Did he and, not like Groundhog's Day or something? Well, no, he loved it. But what happened is they were really good friends. Oh. And Bill Murray was like a prankster. Mm. And he, I, again, here, I have to say, I don't remember the specific story, but he did some kind of prank on Harold. And Harold got upset and never talked to him again. Oh, geez. And even up until the day Take that Take a Harold, joke, man. Yeah. Were you well, about to say he's, he's passed now? Yeah, he is Harold. Oh, Harold and here died. I yeah, am. Yeah, there like, you go. Yeah. Dissing him. Watch okay. it. See? Maybe you should just... <laughs> Watch it, Maybe you just settle down. So anyway, <laughs> I think he's brilliant, though. Those are two of my favorite comedies. I love them both. The, my but, favorite um, part is when... Jack Black, his character gets the, I forget what happens to him, but he gets, he, he feels like he's got all the knowledge, right? Does mm-hmm. he eat the fruit or what does he do in the movie? Do you remember? He, he does. He eats a forbidden fruit. A forbidden yes. fruit. And he's like, 
I've got, I just, I just feel like I got all the, ask me anything, ask me anything. And the guy's like, ask him something. He goes, pass, ask me yeah. something else. And he just, <laughs> he literally just passes the whole time. I'm like, that's yeah. classic Jack Black right there. No, 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 no. Ask me something else. No, no pass, no, pass. No. Yeah, ask me something else. And then something happens that he still realizes he's got some special wisdom. But back to Higgs boson. Oh, yeah, Higgs boson. Really quickly, it's a subatomic particle whose existence is predicted by the theory, which unified the weak and electromagnetic interactions. Did you practice that before coming on? I today? didn't, but that's not exactly what I thought it was going to be. But it does have something to do with particles and atoms and all that cool scientific stuff, which they use to equate to the Big Bang Theory. Anyway. The Hugs boson. Yeah, we're going to have to find something that Ghoul Girl can say. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Late. Well, uh, let, die let's dive in. into some stuff let's here. Let's do that. Let's like, you know, shit or get off the pot. Yeah, Shall let's we? nut up or shut up. Let's see, what are you, fishing or cutting bait? Right, you know, shake it or bake it. <laughs> shank it or bank it or shake it or bake it? Well, mine's, mine's shake it or bake it. Uh, <laughs> Fish it or I love those idioms. Yeah. But I, I was, my favorite out of those was always fishing or cutting bait. And fishing I don't know, I think it was because bait. I had a friend who used it quite often and he just said it funny. Yeah. Mine was, and just because I, I, uh, I come from the generation that has that, uh, shoot, what's the movie, Zombieland? Nut Up or Shut Up? Oh, see, I hadn't heard Woody that Woody Harrelson? Before. It's okay. time to nut up or shut up. Though, so that's where that one probably originated. It originated right? there, yeah. What is, how do you nut up, Jared? Um, well, for viewers under the age of 18, <laughs> we're going to have to pause here. No, it's, uh, it's more of like, hey, get some confidence and let's go do it. That's the clean version. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for your clean <laughs> definition of that. And that is a good idiom for us to go with because we get off track and then it's half hour later and then we get into the yeah, show. Yeah, so time but to I'm straighten gonna, it or or don't. Blatant it. Blatant it. I don't know. <laughs> but really quick, it just reminded yeah. me when I said fishing or cutting bait, and this is the weirdest thing ever, but I just had a flash of a dream that I had last night. But I just have to tell you this. Outsiders <laughs> might find this entertaining, I hope. Please get an uh, insight into Marty's So mind. I'm fishing in this dream and, and there's naked. all these big fish. No, I'm not naked. Thank okay. you. <laughs> I'm not naked yet, but I'm like swimming through the water and there's all these big fish and I have my fishing pole and I'm trying and we're not catching any. And I think it was my friend, Michael from California, I think, but I decide that I need to climb up this rock and then cast my line over this rock to where I see these really mm. giant fish down there. And what happens is right away I get this big bite. But then suddenly I didn't just climb up a few feet. I'm like 100 feet up or something. You're on a cliff. I am. And I'm and I see this big giant zebra looking fish wow. on my line. And I'm like, how can I do this? How can I reel us in? And I'm yelling to my buddy because I'm thinking he can maybe run down there and grab the fish right. for me. Yeah. And so then I decide he's not responding that I'm just going to reel and reel and reel and I'm going to haul this big fish up. And as I start hauling it up, I look down and it's him. On the line. Oh, no. <laughs> and then he's like laughing, though, because he's like holding it. And I'm like, well, that's not a fish. This isn't funny. <laughs> And that was it. So there you go. Dude, what does that mean? I don't know. Like, what does that you can, mean? You can crack open my need, skull later. I think you, you <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, let me look at your brain for a while. Yeah. I yeah. think you need to call this Michael guy and just throw a line and see how he's doing. I might. I might. It probably just means I need to give him a call. There yeah, exactly. And there you go. Well, let's start with a little bit of this day in music. Let's do that, shall we? This episode is going to debut March 15th, so we're looking at March 15th, 1955. 
Elvis Presley signed a management contract with Colonel Tom Parker. Parker had previously Colonel? managed the, <laughs> Jared. Did that is that the Colonel? That would be pronounced Colonel, but why do they do that? Why can't they just <laughs> why did why does this happen to me? Why can't they just write Colonel? It says Colonel. <laughs> Because it would be so less entertaining. It would be so otherwise. stupid for the English language to get it right. Colonel yeah. Tom Parker. Parker had previously managed the Great Parker Pony Circus with one of the acts being a troupe of dancing chickens. Colonel. I know. See, of course that would be Google Boy. Of course <laughs> yeah, it would be. Because he's got to correct me. He can't be nice. Google Girl would be like, Jared. Excuse me, Jared. Oh, it kind of sounds like Colonel. Yeah, I see why you said that. I yeah. do, I see, but it's Colonel. Not Google Boy, he's like, <clears throat> it's Colonel. You know what Colonel is? I don't, like I don't you care. Get what? your colon cleansed or something like that. Your colon? Your colon cleansing. Excuse me, but it's colon. <laughs> oh, very good. Very, All right, moving good. on. Why Mark? is it always Elvis again right away with these things? Yeah, I'm well, you. and you're, you're not going to be surprised because there is a Beatles one on here, but I'm not reading it. Elvis, I'm need, not. Elvis needed a colon cleanse. <laughs> well, <laughs> Sorry. I mean, he died on the toilet, so maybe he did. <laughs> That's bad. We Go shouldn't ahead. talk about that. Rest in peace, Mr. Presley. Yeah, thank you. March 15th, again, 1955, oh. Ray Charles peaked at number two on the U.S. R&B charts with the Atlantic single, I Got a Woman, doom, 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 way over town. That's how it goes. Keep going, because you know what? But she's good to me. Oh, yeah. That is crazy because maybe you're just not doing it justice but i can't well, remember I could that do my ray charles um what's it called you keep going and i'm just it's called i got a, a woman okay jimmy fox did a great ray charles by the way oh in that, that movie right yeah let me see if i can do ray charles talk about more of those movies. Uh, oh yeah he had a very whiny but bluesy voice that whatever dude did not i live in ray south charles. dakota give me a break <laughs> give me a flipping break hey i am giving you credit just for trying buddy yeah, boy. That i'll try was, anything once was, yeah you march will. 15th 1968 the Rolling Stone. You look that up, and I'm gonna keep going. The Rolling yeah. Stones started daily sessions at Olympic Studios in London to start recording their next album, Beggars Banquet. Ooh. Working from 7 p.m. to 8 a.m. each day without a break, the Stones worked on Jumpin' Jack Flash, Child of the Moon, Jigsaw Puzzle, and The Parachute Woman. I don't know any of these songs. You don't know Jumpin' Jack Flash? I don't. Oh, Jer, come on. Jumping Jack Blast. It's a gas, gas, gas. I think that's the first time you've called Jer. me Jer. So I'm, I know you care about me. I, you're a Jer Bear. Jer, oh, God. <laughs> it was only a matter of time before that was brought up. Way over town. Yeah. Oh, that's an early one. That's the Whoa. one. Okay, I do remember hearing it now, and I don't want to play too much of it because YouTube, well, not YouTube, I guess. Um, they don't who like does, it. They who, don't who like it when you share anymore. people's music. Oh, it was just YouTube when we tried to publish on YouTube, which folks, yeah. really quickly before we move on, um, we, we apologize. We talked so much about filming last year. We gave up. Yeah, in our season, and then we gave up. But we're going to get back to it again eventually because we know you would love to see our lovely faces. I'm I sure. I cried several times, so it wasn't yeah. worth yeah. figuring out. <laughs> we just need to get a better camera. So it's coming. Okay, it's so what year here. was the Rolling Stones album? Um, let me scroll back up. Rolling Stones album was in 1968, the year okay. my bug was born. Wow, that's the year I was five years old. The name just there was Jumpin' Jack Flash. What else was there? Let's see, Rolling Stones. It was the Beggar's Banquet album, and it was Jumpin' Jack Flash, Child of the Moon, Jigsaw Puzzle, and The Parachute Woman. Well, the one that that comes immediately to mind for me is Jumpin' Jack Flash, and I can't 
believe you have not heard that. Nope, never heard of it. Well, maybe I've heard. What I've known about a lot of Rolling Stones stuff is I've Mm -hmm. heard it, but I've never, it's not like I went and looked it up. Well, I'm gonna Does that make keep, sense? Yeah. Okay. You keep going because I'm going to give you a little treat on that <clears> one too because I bet you remember it. Go ahead. All right. Moving on, we have. Let's do some Michael Jackson. And it's a recent. March 15th, 2010, Sony Music announced the biggest recording deal in history with the estate of Michael Jackson worth more than $200 million. The deal involved 10 what? album projects over seven years, including one of previously unreleased material. Sony had sold about 31 million copies of Jackson's albums worldwide since his death on June 25th, 2009. Oh, so it was just the following year. Yeah. And this was with his estate. They capitalized on the guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, big time. Hi, that, that, I, I said, I. Oh, oh laddie. I, I don't know. That Jackson, he got screwed. <laughs> he got screwed right up that. the, he got right up the coal horn. <laughs> what are you, fat bastard now? Is that oh, what you're doing? That, that I didn't so, have corn. Oh, me lordy. <laughs> me lordy. Wait, hold on here. See, and I have heard this. Okay, See, I thought I you have heard this. I don't know the lyrics, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was blah 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 blah. blah, blah. That was uh, an early hit, and like Ray, that was an early early hit for him, obviously. But uh, going way back, folks. Going way back. So that's way it. That's really machine. what I got. Going Not a lot happened March fifteenth. On outside the mic, going back in the way back machine. On outside the mic. Are you rapping? I don't know. Are you trying to rap? Are you okay? I, I don't know. It's the fish dream. It's the, it just, is the fish dream. You need to get some. Weird. You need to go talk to a guy. Okay, Jared. You need to go see a guy about a about a thing. Go ahead. What else you got while you're pooping and not on the pot? <laughs> fish are cutting bait. <laughs> That's it for On This Day in Music. That is. Yeah. Thank you for joining us on Outside the Mic <laughs> next time. <laughs> we got some fun stuff to talk about today. Um, you get a little goofy. Hey, let's talk about our recent episode with uh, Mr. Adam Anarchy. That was a lot of fun. That was our first interview. We've got more coming up. Yes, indeed. It was. He was a great guy to have in the uh, old stewed. He was a great guy. It was fun interacting. It was a learning situation for us when i listened back i was surprised at how um it, how well it went to be honest but i was also surprised that you could tell like we have a certain dynamic and then yeah. when you bring somebody in you have another dynamic yeah and i laughed really loud yeah a lot of times we were really so, into it yeah what dude i tell you what and this is some insight on this last episode hopefully you outsiders will appreciate this but um the beginning of it <clears throat> my notes on my ipad they weren't coming up uh-huh. And you did something so incredible, and I forgot to tell you about this. You kept it rolling, oh, and yeah. I think you saw that I was like, "Oh my god, it's not, it's not working, it's not coming." Mm-hmm. And you just had question after question ready, and then mm-hmm. finally, when it pulled up, I was like, "Boom, okay, I've got my interview notes here." Mm-hmm. But you did so good covering, so thank you, bro. Can I tell you something, Jared? Yeah, that's because I'm so used to having to do that with you. So I'm really. <laughs> It's just kind of like old hat, really. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah, like, yeah. What's Jarrett doing over there? You're like, his face oh, is red. Yeah. I'll have to talk for a while. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But thank you. I think it was because even though you did homework and you had researched questions, I suddenly realized as soon as Adam sat down that I had all these questions popping into me head as well. So, And you know was what was cool, cool is none of the questions you were asking were what I had down. Good. So I you didn't steal you your You genuinely questions. had 
questions different than what I wanted to ask him. So I feel like we got we got a ton of information. And, and man, does the guy know a lot about Kiss and Van Halen? And it was super cool. He sure does. I I ended up coming off as being a bigger Kiss fan than I think I am. But yeah. <laughs> but you know what's interesting? What I realized is. I think oftentimes, and I've run into people too, where they're like, oh, I'm embarrassed to admit I was a this fan or a that fan. Yeah. But the fact is, and especially when you're older, like I am too, there are moments in your life, like little chapters or whatever, and something just meant a lot. And Kiss at the time did because of the story about my brother going to the concert and getting oh, the guitar yeah. and the whole thing with the, it was just such a phenomena at the time. And they did have, they had some fun songs, sure really enough. fun songs. Yeah. It wasn't like a long lasting love affair with me, but it was definitely <clears> at <throat> the time, wow, this is Kiss, what a phenomenon. So. And for somebody who who grew up and started appreciating music and who didn't get to experience it as it was happening, right? for me it was cool, it was different to see a band kind of dress up and have this makeup Mm-hmm. And this this kind of devil persona, at least Gene Simmons did, you know, outside of the, the Spaceman thing that they had going on. Right. But then their music was so genuinely hard rock. It wasn't satanic. It, you know, it was mm-hmm. very like, uh, what do you want to call it? Anthem. Very like uh, uh, stadium rock stuff. Oh, yeah. You would think, and I mean, ACDC can't even say that because they do engage in the the devil boy hell thing with their music. But Kiss didn't really do that. I, I mean, I, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know a lot of their music, but the things that come to my mind are like Detroit Rock City, stuff like that. Where, I want to rock and roll all night. Yeah. But, but that didn't really engage his 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 super long tongue, his, like, his devil tongue and the blood squirting out like it was a different well, thing. Well, yeah, he didn't sing about it. Like, I got a big tongue and some blood at you. to get you the flu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yet, but. yet ACDC, Angus Young, who's this devil schoolboy, and see, they had a song like Hell's Bells, Highway to Hell, they played into it. Oh, see, that's interesting. So here that you say that, I guess I never really even, though now it, it's like, yes, that's obvious, Makes but sense. I don't remember it being referred to as like devil boy or whatever. And yeah, even when he got yeah. older, he would start to like when they would play live, he would bring his hands up, pointer fingers out, and then you would put it to his oh, head. Oh, yeah, like, okay. And then they would play the song. Yeah. Well, hell just ain't a bad place to be. I remember that one. I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. Well, like I told you originally with Kiss, I was actually taken aback. Well, you know, I, I already said that in the interview, but it. That was my gut reaction when they first come out. I'm like, what's with the makeup? What are these guys sure. doing? You well, know, nobody I'm, was doing it, I'm, I'm yeah. guessing, at the time. Maybe Bowie was doing some crazy Cooper, stuff. Alice but, Cooper, oh, I sure. think, did okay. a little bit. But his was, you know, more of a... His was like More a, like makeup and not a full face mask covering type. Who? Not okay, what's mask, the... but a painted face. What's the so. word for the, the leader <laughs> of the circus? What... That you would know, like the ringleader? The ringleader. He kind of had a ringleader persona, too. You know, with a lot mm-hmm. of his dress Alice? and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. That's kind of what I took away, and I could be totally wrong. Like that's a master I, of ceremonies, the, ma- the yeah, showman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, a lot of fun. A lot of fun with that, and thanks, Adam, again for coming in and joining us on Outside the Mock. Absolutely. Well, I got something. Do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You <clears throat> I would like you to go do? first, because I don't really got nothing. Do you want to um, nut up or shut up? or? I will say, and then I'll just the pot. do maybe, we'll just kind of touch on it and see how much time we have left, because I know you actually took some time, did a little bit of due diligence. I did a little digging. But we are, folks, going to do a follow-up to Woodstock. I'll do just a little teaser, <clears throat> and then I might mention a few things. I've been diving into it, and I feel like to do it justice, 
I really want to take on this, put on this investigative journalist hat. And I think we did mention it earlier, but I got to lead through my friend Bob with a gal who was actually in a relationship with the producer, director of the Woodstock movie. Yeah. uh, Michael Wadley. And I've talked to her and she has put me in touch with the associate producer and I'm not promising anything for sure, but there is, being optimistic, there's a possibility that, you know, one or both of them will be involved with the show in the future. But we're going to wait. So we did say part one and for all of you who are, I'm sure, just going like, oh, I can't wait for part two in two weeks. It didn't happen. It will happen. (laughs) It's a part. We'll it, it's a part we'll two that, that happened two yeah. decades later. Yeah, it'll be <laughs> next season. No, we are going to do follow up, and I've been learning some really cool stuff. And if we have time, I might just share a few tidbits. But we are definitely going to have a Woodstock part two. And that's the cool thing. There's no rules yeah. when you're doing a podcast. Really, <laughs> that's our rationale. We're in the wild west right now, and we're yeah. we're just rolling with it. So if part two comes later, we're in I'm the cool wild with west. Okay, so my story here. It's kind of cool because you know I when we originally so. started, it's at least kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of lame, but uh, okay. no, I'm just kidding. It's super cool. Uh, yeah. It kind of follows to the criteria of how we started outside the mic, where we wanted to have inside of what musicians. Uh, would do outside of their career and right. this is kind of cool this this follows along the line so it's going to be about uh brian johnson who's the lead singer front man for acdc imagine that we we're talking about acdc who is singing again who is singing again Very he, cool. he stopped for a while due to some hearing loss i don't know they must mm-hmm. have rectified that or his mm-hmm. you know it came back i don't know he's uh, got a big old hearing aid or whatever but does he yeah well i guess that Okay, I was thinking it was something happened with his voice, but that's right. It was the hearing. It was the hearing thing. Okay. Yep. Right. It was the hearing thing. And maybe it was a situation. I'd have to look into it, whether it was just a doctor said, hey, if you continue this, mm-hmm. you're going to lose your hearing. Right. You need to take a break. Or it was, you're losing your hearing. You better not do it anymore. I don't know. Got it. Either way, he's there. He's back at it. Absolutely. Cool. So, so Brian Johnson has started doing some, some uh, TV shows. Okay. And it's super cool. The two that I'm aware of is... Uh, uh, I think the one is the Cards That Rock show where he kind of showcases. He's a race car driver. When he's not uh, doing ACDC, he races cars. He's a big really? car enthusiast. Yeah. How old is the guy right um, now? He's got to be probably 60s. You know. Yeah, wow. I don't, I don't know. I didn't look that up. But I'm sure you could Google girl that one. <clears throat> okay. I'm sure you could take the, uh, the burden of doing that. But yeah. uh, so... He's got the cars that rock, and then the one that I'm going to talk about today is really cool, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a show. It's like a dream come true for people like us who who really like to dig in and, and get the insight of our favorite bands and artists and uh, their life on the road and how it was for them starting out. So it's Brian Johnson, A Life on the Road, the show. I think you can get it on Access TV or Direct. TV now. I got to watch. I've only watched one episode. It was, and we're, we're going to talk about that today. It was the episode with Dave Grohl, the lead singer um, and former drummer of Nirvana, lead singer of Foo Fighters. Oh yeah, sure. Um, yeah, super cool I show. Like, I really like him. Everything I've seen him in, he's uh, he's very engaging and obviously really talented. Dave Grohl, yeah, musician he, as well. Yeah. He is. I've got. A, he's he's kind of an idol of mine. I've got a lot of respect for him and. Really a true pioneer of like the 80s and 90s punk and kind of what we would consider today as like the hard rock of that time. Um, 
So a little backstory. So, what did you say? It's on Access TV? It, yeah, what's what that called? called? Access TV or, a, or Axe TV AX? I think okay. it's Access TV. I don't get that one. I don't have yeah, that. I just have, have Netflix and Prime, yeah. Amazon Prime. Hulu. Do you guys have Hulu? We do have Hulu, yes. Excellent. Excellent. It's terrible. I, 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 I like went from... British to somewhere else, right there. That's right. You you did all your uh, <sighs> you put all your effort into doing Ray Charles. And that was, was hard. Yeah. That was, my yeah. head hurts. <laughs> so Good. a little insight on Dave Grohl for those who don't know him. Uh, <laughs> again, he was <laughs> he was not one of the Three Stooges, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, he wasn't. Uh, his music career. Uh, he, he's he, he's got a full career. He started well, didn't start out, but he was famous for being the drummer in Nirvana. Yep. And then Kirk Cobain passed away, and he uh, then later started his own band, Foo Fighters. Nice way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, but his music career really came into fruition when he visited his cousin, like at the age of thirteen. And uh, it was before he really had any experience with rock music or punk or anything like the punk scene. And when his cousin came to the door, she was dressed like a punk chick. Short hair, heavy makeup, uh, a rocker shirt, plaid, the whole nine yards. And he thought she looked super cool. And, and so, she was who again? I'm sorry, his cousin. That was just his cousin. Okay. Was okay. A, yeah. She just kind of introduced him to the life of. She then ended up taking him to a, a local punk rock uh, concert. And um, when he attended and got to see just how crazy these guys were, and the singer was jumping in the crowd, and the music was going nuts, and the. The bar smelled like bleach and cigarettes and lost dreams. And he was he, like, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. He was like four at the time? <laughs> yeah, he was just straight out of the womb. Yeah. <laughs> I want to do me a walker. <laughs> this is what I want to do. Yeah, he was yeah. 13. No, 13, thank no, you. You did say that, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah. You're not listening. Just, You're just, just drinking. And folks, you. he's drinking a, what is it, a kombucha, apple cider? Well, so I'm, usually I it's wish. walnuts he's crunching on or a banana, yeah. but today he's he's decided to do a I'm apple cider boy. vinegar tonic. Good wallet, but it's actually just water in here. So. Oh, <clears throat> all right. Okay. Fair enough. So he got first introduced to that. That's how we discovered he really went. I'm giving some backstory because it was just really cool mm-hmm. to hear the insight uh, that Dave Grohl had when, when he was interviewed by Brian Johnson. Okay. And so that was his first experience. And I kind of want to ask you, Marty. What was that moment for you when you first that you can you can think back? Mm-hmm. Uh, what was the first moment for you that you were like, "Man, music! That's what I want to do." This is was it at a young age? Was it later? You were already playing the piano. What do you? Wow. What, how did it go for you? Is that, am I asking too much no, of a question? Oh, Jerry, is this too much for a first date? No. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you see be, yourself in five? But years? But this isn't quite our first date, so. <laughs> What are your thoughts with. on marriage? I'm a, so really quick, what's the name of the show again? So back up, yeah. So the name of the show is Brian Johnson. Uh, I think it's called A Life on the Road. A Life on the Road. Okay. Yep. So I'm just trying to remember so I can check it out too. Yeah. Uh, that is an awesome question. And I think I already told one of the stories about my experience growing up with music. The one thing I immediately think about when you trigger that sort of a memory is that my mom always told me that I would whistle before I could walk. Oh, wow. So yeah. I would actually crawl around or toddle around or whatever you, you know, little buggers do when we're that age, us little buggers. But I would not be whistling a tune, but it was sort of like, <whistles> or something. So then after wow. that, the next stage was I was always just obsessed with our piano. 
Okay. And so I remember playing and thinking at the time, and I must have been like three, and I would always, mom was in the kitchen. I'm like, mom, listen to this one. Like I was writing songs. <laughs> and I'm, I, would, I would give anything if I had a recording of some of those, because sure I'm sure, like it's yeah. staying in his autobiography. So he called it Broken Music. Oh. And that's what his mom, when he would play on the piano, they used to refer to it as broken music because at first it was just him banging on the piano. Sure enough. Yeah. So, but you really think, I have this vivid, vivid memory of thinking that what I was doing was just really cool. Sure enough. Yeah. And uh, so anyway, I think... You know, that's part of it. I, I didn't want to take up too much time with that. <laughs> I'm like, no, this is, this go is on, interesting. Yeah, you've stimulated some. So that's some your thought. first experience musically. Now, what about was there a concert experience or something where you saw the dude up on the stage rocking mm. it out and you went, I want to be just like him. I want to do that. That's what I want to do. Yeah. What, yeah. Did you have a moment like it, that? There Who may have it? been. The closest thing to that probably would have been when my brother and I were watching the California Jam, which was a live, uh, and I think they did it maybe a couple years. I might have to look that up too, but I just remember Cal Jam, and it was something we watched on TV, and I saw Freddie Mercury. Oh, yeah. And he was Great at his front piano, man. and then they raised the piano up into the air and he what? was he was sitting on the bench and the whole thing went up in the air and I was blown away and I I think that would have been a trigger for one of those sort of thoughts Dang. like that's what I want to do. And then I had a little band in high school and we've talked about that before. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that was by then it was like, yeah. Same. That's yeah. what I want to do. So So my first experience, so I'm just gonna kind of correlate with what you what you said. My first musical experience, they noticed uh, when they did the little, uh, what do you want to call it? Little ultrasound. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, and when I was still in the womb, they said the doctor was like, this is so bizarre. I can see his mouth moving. And so my Seriously? mom, yeah, they could, they could see you that. You never I, told me this story. No, they could see that I was, it, it essentially looked like I was talking, but my mom was always like, I would play you music. And, and honestly, it just looked like you were always singing. Always wow. singing inside there. Yeah. Wow. And then when I came out, when I when I when I busted out of sure, there you just had on good behavior. Whistling before I could walk. No, I was singing when <laughs> I was think in the that's womb. That's cool. I was yeah. singing when I was in the womb. It did nothing for me now, but all that practice. But uh, no. then later I would when I was still in diapers, I would grab the broom and I mm-hmm. would stand in front of the TV and I'd pretend to perform for my mom <laughs> so cowboy hat broom and diapers she said and so that was my just to you just probably to correlate with what picture you said. of that somewhere i don't think you? so if you do I, let's put it up on the, yeah. <laughs> on the website for it's sure my cute tookish tookish you in your diapers yeah so my first That's cool story now to, to go off of the experience that dave Grohl had my first experience with just being wild by somebody was johnny cash Oh, and I I started out country. I'm I'm okay to say that I'm I'm not so much country anymore. I literally like the blues and rock and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I have such appreciation for Johnny Cash and Cash, and I think it's because more of the persona that he had. It was just cool to see this man up on stage with all this. People had all this respect for him, dressed in black, slick hair, playing right. guitar. He was like this outlaw country guy. And for some reason, to me, that was super appealing. I was an only child at the time, so it was cool to see like one man up on the stage doing his thing. And I was like, "That I want to do that. To the point where I was like, Mom, let me dye my hair black. All this stuff. I want to be just like Johnny Cash. And thank God she didn't. Wow. She didn't let me dye my hair black. I do recall you discussing I think we've talked about that of, part before. Of Johnny yeah. Cash. But yeah, that's... Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, I'm embarrassed now 
a little bit, and I'm going to have to research more. So I looked up California Jam. The original one is 1974. And maybe I have him confused with somebody, but it doesn't show that Queen... <laughs> Was, was playing at the <laughs> Cal Jam. There was a Cal Jam 2, which was in 78, and I don't see them on that either, but I'll go back just really quickly to the original. These were really cool concerts, though. I Maybe don't know. you were watching that, and then he, you had watched a, a Queen show or something, but it was yeah, close together. It must have been around the same time period, or maybe it was because Deep Purple played, and maybe it was their keyboard oh, player, sure. who I should remember and don't. But uh, anyway, it says here, in order of appearance, was Rare Earth, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Eagles, Nice. Seals and Croft, Black Oak, Arkansas, Black Sabbath, Deep Purple, and Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. Yeah, but you know, Queen so, could fit in that lineup. They yeah, they, done well they could. I, yeah. I'm going to have to find, and I'll do that on my own time, because uh, I'm the one that that screwed up and thought I saw Queen, but I'll figure out where and who was on a piano that floated into the air. Yeah, maybe it wasn't Freddie. Maybe it was somebody else. That's maybe. cool. Maybe. All right, so to go back to the episode with Brian Johnson uh, interviewing Dave Grohl, uh, it was cool just to get some insight. I've got a lot of respect, like I said, for Dave Grohl. He's one of my idols. I'm with you. Um, and so he had talked about his first band he was in. I think they were called Scream. He was the drummer. Um, and then later, everybody knows of the most successful, well, not the most, but one of the successful bands I was in was Nirvana. Mm-hmm. And so he went on to discuss what it was like after the death of like Kurt Cobain and how he felt. Um, oh, that's I would de- I definitely want to see that because I've always wondered. And I it's a great episode. And I, and I really yeah. suggest if you just like music or you don't even have to like music, but if you like history, I mean, I was going to cover this later, but I'll bring it up now. Brian Johns, he covers people like Robert Plant, Joe Elliott, Sting on this uh, show and oh, and right gets on. their gets their like perspective of how was it on the road and, and and so much so that when he was interviewing Dave Grohl they talked about the van the first van that they had uh, and they were touring around with and just like the stink and the smell um, the stink and the smell in the, the van the stink and the smell and it's not the same no I'm just kidding I don't know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you we had a van. Yeah, well, see, and, yeah. and that's yeah. my next question for you, and I'll, we'll just cut right to it, was, you know, Dave Grohl was explaining just the how they shoved all their gear into this van, and then on top of that had, like, the band would, would sleep and ride in this thing, on you know, with their gear in the back and all of that. Yeah. And I never had that experience. I, I was early 2000s where most of us, and this was high school, we had cars, yeah. we had beater cars, and um, I remember when I bought my Jeep that I currently have right now, I bought it because I wanted a vehicle that I could lay all the seats down and and throw my gear into it, and and dude, I it, I did, I like that, it's a Jeep Commander, and, and I was able to fit an entire drum set, an entire PA system, like two amps, four guitars into this thing, wow. and still have like a buddy ride with me to the gig. Now, the rest of the guys all showed up in their own car. So that's the difference. Like, I, we didn't all pile into a van and go together, mm-hmm. but when we would go to gigs, we would just meet up there. So I think that's the disconnection that I have, not being yeah. able to grow up in a time where that was really the thing is to pile in a van and go. Yeah, um, yeah. <clears throat> It, it was a Jeep Commander, so not before it's, you. No, it's the, the one I have now. Yeah. Oh, that one. It's you're still the one to. that I have oh, now. Okay. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so it was super cool. And, and Dave mentioned, and I've said this multiple times, just joking around. It was like playing Tetris. Everything had to fit in the van just oh, right. Yes, that I recall. In order, yes. yeah. So I, that's okay. So that leads to my question. Tell me about your van, your first experience on the road. What was it like? Did you pile in all together as a band? We did. And the thing is, we didn't sleep in the van. 
You didn't? No, we always got a room. Okay. Or else we were playing somewhere where he knew somebody and where we room somebody. <laughs> and we would stay in their house. But the interesting and pretty cool thing is my brother still has the van. No. Uh, what kind of van was it? It was a Ford van, an Econoline, like a 1979, 80-ish, somewhere an around Econoline. there. Econoline. That's hilarious, dude. For, so, back, real quick, just not yeah. to cut you off, but yeah. that's the van that Dave Grohl had. It's an older one, though. I don't okay. know if yours was super old. Um, mm. This was like a retro... Hmm. Uh, Ford Econoline, but yeah. he has it totally restored. He takes he's a he talked about how he takes his girls to school in it, and they're like everybody's staring at us, Dad. Oh. You know, and he's like it's because we're it's because we're it's Cause cool. We're cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, uh So that's cool. So what do you remember? What year the Econoline was? I, I just said I think. Oh, I'm know, sorry. That's usually me not paying attention, but now you are. <laughs> I just got so. excited and I blew blew through all of the details. It happens. It's okay. <laughs> I I think it was probably a. 78 or 79 or 80. It was one oh, cool. of those. So it was right in that time frame. But uh, he had the two captain seats. And then in back, I think he had taken some seats out because we put in a couch. Oh, wow. So we had a couch along one side of it. And at the time, we would actually go, this is when you would rent a video player at the nice. store and yeah. VHS tapes. Uh-huh. So we had a TV and a video player and then we would watch movies on the road while we were cruising. And then we always had a trailer that we would we would basically rent a U-Haul. Oh. Um, and it would usually be like for a weekend or whatever when we were doing a gig. And it, like you said, with Tetris, that <laughs> it was totally, I didn't even know about Tetris then, but that's yeah. exactly what you would have to do. You'd have to find, fill this in. It was like a little puzzle and it would only fit one way and right. you might experiment with another way. But uh, right. yeah, I loved cruising in the van and I'm pretty sure, yeah, I believe we all, so we didn't have to take another vehicle. We were all in the van all in the van see now that's the experience i wish i could have uh been a part of because Mm -hmm. we would have just all show up you know in our own cars or whatever yeah i had the car that could lug the the gear around so i would i got to experience that and usually it was me having to to foot everything in there on my own yeah and stuff like that but uh now that's cool I, i miss out and he says he would say after shows, we'd come and we'd take our sweaty, stinky clothes off and throw it yeah. in the van. And he said then when he would get home later and he would let the van sit for a while or whatever, and then he would go to, to open it back up. And he said the smell that would oh. come out of there because wow. of all the clothes and stuff that was, that was in there. <laughs> he said it was god awful. That I don't rec- I think maybe because it wasn't like generally we weren't on the road for a week or anything. It was usually a weekend Okay. And so you guys, you know, you had a you room living we out of shower. it. Yeah. We yeah. Weren't, weren't necessarily living out of it. We were just cruising in it. It was our road vehicle. Um, I've got to find a picture because I know there's one picture at least that comes to mind where it's, we're standing in front. And there was only four in our band. We were four piece. And then we usually had a sound man. Nice. So it was probably five people. You'd have two sitting in front and then you have three, you know, maybe somebody laying on the floor and a couple people on the couch. Sweet, so dude. Yeah. I bet that was great. What was your longest uh, stint of shows? You said weekend, but have you? What do you recall the time? Where you I were do like, actually, and uh, it was the first year when we had that band. That was a band I told you called Benny Puppet, which Benny Puppet. still to this day <laughs> that name haunts me. <laughs> the Benny Puppet band, but because uh, my brother had a nickname, he would call me Benny at the time, <clears throat> and it wasn't necessarily because of that. But our guitar player came up with 
ben, the Benny Puppet Band. I wish I could remember the alternatives because I don't remember what the other choices were, but they were obviously pretty bad. Because yeah. we, we chose <laughs> the Benny Puppet, Benny Benny Puppet yeah. And everybody would say, I, I've told this before, they're like, who's Benny? They would always ask, who's Benny? It's like, nobody's Benny. It's just the Benny Puppet Band. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? In, anyway, what were we talking about? Uh, so your longest stint of shows. Oh, yes. At one point in time, I recall we played... I think it was either seven out of eight nights in a row or eight out of nine nights in a row wow. or something. We had we had a bunch of gigs. It was during the summer. We played this little outdoor festival somewhere near Gillette, Wyoming for a couple nights. And uh, it's a little bit of a foggy memory, but I recall that. And I remember being really exhausted, but sure. also being really fulfilled because it was like, I'm doing what I love and yeah. this is a blast. And we had some pretty good crowds or audiences at the time. So yeah. That was, that Dave Grohl had similar feelings. It, he says still to this day where they would, and of course these guys are touring for months on in and going international yeah. or whatever. But he says every time he comes home, he goes, that's it. I'm done. That was terrible. I'm never doing that again. I'm going to take two years off. Yeah. But then he yeah. would joke about, and he would say his friends would go, no, you're not. And a month later, he'd be jamming and calling up his bandmates ah. and going, ah, we got to get the studio <laughs> stuff. So. My well, longest one was like, we went to Montana and we did a weekend. No, I think it was four days or something like that. Mm-hmm. We played at the Gibson Guitar. They had a little festival going on. And, and so we got to play there and we went and toured the factory and all on our own bill. I mean, we weren't getting paid anything for this, but it was cool to be featured at, you know, at a Gibson function and stuff like that. And I remember that. Playing Gibsons. Yeah. That that's the that's the moment where I was like, "Oh, cool, we're traveling around. That's that's going." Cool. We I've had other opportunities of like going down to Colorado and and stuff there, but just nothing ever happened. So, that's cool. 9 8 out of 9 days, man. That's well, a you know, long funny, time. As I'm reflecting on it, I think I might have exaggerated a little bit, but I do it, it was probably 7 out of 8. Or six out of seven, or maybe four. No, I'm just kidding. But it was it was like a lot. It was at least a week or a little over a week where we played almost every night. Yeah. So, was he hauling around his own gear as well they back grow, then? They fit everything in the van plus okay. lived in there. And he said they built shelving and stuff out of plywood to cool. kind of get things to fit. And he said even one of them could sleep on the top of the shelf. Oh, that's cool. If they were brave yeah. enough. Yeah. And that wasn't Nirvana. That was an that, earlier band. No. Yeah, it was an earlier band. Yep, that okay. was an earlier Because Nirvana, Dave wasn't the original drummer, so by that time... They've had pretty good success, so I imagine they had better ways cool. of traveling around. So I like the angle of this show is obviously they're they're focusing on cars. That's like a lead-in, and then life on the road. Well, and, and so it's more about the music. You have to them. think about like Brian Johnson. He's a race car driver mm-hmm. when he's not geeking around. Sure. So there's always that. Ele- like he has another show that I mentioned, the Cars That Rock or whatever. Where it's just about his cars and his racing and stuff like that. Oh, okay. So cool. to have that element, I mean, makes sense when Brian Johnson's the one that that's interviewing, and it's super cool because I I'm I love cars, but I also love music, and, and like I said, to get the insight from these guys, yeah, of their time on the road is super cool. I would, yeah, I would think I would appreciate that. So I'm going to check that out for sure. So back to Dave Grohl's, you know, his time uh, after Nirvana, he, he the, the rug had been pulled out from him after Kurt's death. And he's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm never going to play again. And so he what kind of made him get back into it uh, and kind of was the birth of the Foo Fighters was he had received a card and it said something along the lines of like, it's okay if you're not playing music right now, but just give it time. You will get back into it. And Dave said that really impacted him that somebody would like 
cared about him in, in, in that way. And, and that just kind of, he was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta do something. I'm going to get back into it. So okay. something that we can relate to with Dave here is that when the first Foo Fighters records, he played every instrument on the thing. He didn't have, there wasn't a band he didn't have other members, but he knew that he wanted to start this band, but he, he wanted to, he had all these songs he'd been writing and sitting on and he wanted to release them. So he did drums, bass, guitar, singing the whole thing. I did not know that. Yeah. Seriously. Well, cause and then this, he enlisted the band afterwards. And so and, then he finds the members because okay. he was talking about and, and where they met, where Brian Johnson met Dave Grohl in the show was at uh, the Foo Fighters studio. Okay. And it talks about uh, how Dave Grohl got the old, uh, uh, analog board from Sound City when they closed down and stuff like that. I do remember that. I saw that. On yeah, and that's the one yeah. like Petty played. You know, went through this board like a bunch, and they've got like a reel to reel in there. It's super cool. Like Dave's definitely. I I, I just think he's a swell guy because his interests are similar to mine, and I love the old stuff, and I, I'm I geek out on that. Yeah. But the yeah. point that I'm trying to make is like he did that Doesn't all take on himself. Much. <laughs> geek. Shut it. Oh, did I say that? Was that? Yeah, oh, you ahead. did. Uh, so I think for us, because we do a studio together. Yes, we do. And there's times when we're working on our own stuff or we're working on stuff for clients. Mm. And we don't have a drummer. We don't have mm. strings or whatever. So mm. there's been times where you and I have had to play the instruments mm. or MIDI play the instruments. Yeah. Um. So we played a song by you, one of our last lives that you just recently wrote and you're a piano player, but you wrote it on the guitar. Yeah. So I want to hear a bit more about that. Like, what was the, why the guitar? Was it just the vibe of the song? How was it for you writing on something else? And when you go to track this song, what are you going to do? You're going to do piano? You're going to do guitar? You're going to hire me for a hundred bucks an hour? <laughs> Where did this it? segue come from this? Because he just... played all the instruments oh, himself on the Foo you. Fighters. And I'm like, okay. you know what? I've done that before. So, cause mm. I'll start with me first and maybe this will give you. Yeah. So I like the me, way how you made us sound so professional for a little bit where you said our clients. Yeah. Our clients. And then I, all then five I of them realized in our lifetime. No. You were talking about us. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, no, we've had more than that, but okay. No, tell me, tell me your that. story quick. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So just so what I can relate is, uh, so I also play the drums mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it really started out because we didn't have a drummer and we, a lot of times we needed something like that. Mm-hmm. So I could place a few beats before, but I felt myself like, you know what? I'm not going to rely on somebody else. Like I want to, I want to learn how to play the drums well mm-hmm. enough that if I need to lay something down, play a beat or whatever, fill in, mm-hmm. I can do that. And so I taught myself how to play the drums just so we could use it in the studio or I could play sure. out live, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it, and I feel like you've done the same thing. You've taught yourself how to play guitar. You, you play some bass. I mean, w- and then I referred to the song and I still I can't think of the name, bro. We just played it. But it's a song you wrote in Cancun. And I, and I think you should talk more about that whole story too. We talked about it in the live, but never on an episode. I don't even remember what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> no, but by the way, I forgot to tell you, Rush called. Rush called? Yeah, and they're looking for a new drummer. So. Ah, yes. I'm sorry. That's too early. I, we <laughs> That's, love Neil. Dude, that hurts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's called... Um, I would puke and never, and I wouldn't do it. So Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm a terrible drummer, but, but I'd get by. Yes, my brother, we talked about this. You are going to play with me on this song, and we need to start tracking it while we it's still do. fresh. And I think the reason I can't think of the title is because I was having a hard time deciding what it was going to be called sure because it was if you got your mind made up 
you know, what's it made up of? And then there's a thing where I said, if I don't have too much today, I don't have a set title for the song yet. So there we go. Mm. But the whole thing with the guitars, and please, folks, do not think that I play the guitar. I can play enough to, and that's what's really fun for me, because you know my song Skin and Bones, Skin and, and I bones. told you that one I wrote on the guitar too. And so it gives me a different, a way, way different perspective because obviously the piano being my main instrument, when I sit down, I know what key I'm playing in and I know my chord progression and this and that. With the guitar, I really don't think about it that way because Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at the fretboard and my hands on the guitar, I'm not thinking about what key I'm in or even what chord I'm playing. So I just use my ear. And so that's the reason, that's all we had. It was out of sheer necessity. Yeah, right? Um, In both times, it was in a situation where I didn't have a keyboard. I picked up a guitar and just started having some fun. The song, uh, we already mentioned that that night, was a lyric that I started years and years ago when we were in Cancun, and then when we went back, it came back. So yes, like twenty years. So yeah, no, it was seventeen. Seventeen, 17 years. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry, I rounded so, up three years. But I'm glad you reminded me. We need to track that soon because yeah. you did a cool little guitar thing on there, and I, I did promise myself I would get that tracked and soon. And it's been a couple months now, so we well, need to get Well, don't break in there. that promise to yeah, yourself. Mark. Exactly. That's no, a great song. And, and there you go. You know, if you haven't fe- uh, joined us in on our Facebook lives, that's what we're talking about when we're saying our live. Mm-hmm. Uh, usually Wednesday nights when we can, when our schedules align, we do a Facebook live where we jam, we play songs. And, and I think the last one, Marty played this song and, it, and I, I'm a big fan of Marty's writing and I think it's one of my favorite songs. So, Oh, stop. There we go. I'm a big fan of your writing, Jared. I'm a big fan. This is not our first date. This is not our first date. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really cool. And, and I didn't even get to finish all of the episode with uh, Brian Johnson on the the uh, the, the show he did with the, on Dave Grohl, Life on the Road. Well, now I have to get um, access TV or whatever Well, no, it is, you can watch or... it on YouTube. That's where I did. Oh, okay. They've got some episodes um, on YouTube. And well, you should you. check out the Sting one. Since you're I, Sting, that's what I was just going to say. I definitely want to check out Sting. But like sure. I said before, I mean, just to hear Brian Johnson, who's this legend in and himself, I loved it. And, he, and he's a English. He's got that English accent, you know, just a cool dude. And he meets with these guys and they connect and they are able to relate with each other being on the road and being these mega freaking stars. Um, but again, like people like Sting, Robert Plant, Joe Elliott, those are the few that I saw that he has uh, met up with and interviewed with. But uh, he actually... Um yeah, well, you piqued my interest. I was going to say something kind of Good. sarcastic, but I won't. But you piqued my interest not only because you mentioned the thing about Dave Grohl, too, and I've always wondered what kind of what is personally, you know, my fascination with the death thing again yeah. here, you know, yep. which it's not, a, a, not a bad we thing, but <laughs> you're a weirdo. But that had to have been so, you know, such a huge, huge, obviously, impact on his life and changed the whole course of his life. But so I'm fascinated by that. I I don't really know a lot about Brian Johnson. I've seen him, but I've never seen his character, his personality. I haven't watched interviews. So I'm I'm really curious about that. Too. And let's look so. at it this way real quick. Brian Johnson, Dave Grohl. I mean, they kind of experienced some similar things uh, mm-hmm. in their career. Mm-hmm. So here you've got Nirvana. Uh, Dave Grohl's the drummer. He's not uh, Kurt Cobain's the face. He's the front man. Okay, so you're you're not riding on the coattail of of somebody like that. But when they're the face of it, I mean, when you think Nirvana, you think of the blonde guy who's in, yeah. the, in the dress and he's got the Jazzmaster or the Jaguar left-handed guitar. That's he's Kurt in a Cobain. Dress. Yeah, remember he used to play on stage, and sometimes I've seen him where he's had like a dress on, or maybe it's like a hospital gown. I don't know. But oh, that's why that's part of the that. punk thing. Okay, right? that was yeah. Kurt, Kurt's yeah. thing, and so. Okay. Uh, when you when you lose that, 
and, and like Dave Grohl, when that rug gets pulled, he said, when the rug got pulled out from underneath him, how do you recover? What do you do next? Gosh, yeah. And he did such, a, and this is my opinion, and I think the opinion of others, and honestly, the numbers show and then the success of the Foo Fighters, but he did something that really just modestly, he came back, he became the front man of his own thing. Like he took, he took what he had left over and, and he continued. Now, a lot of people, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I could go through something like that you know, where you've got this band and, and you're really taking off mm-hmm. and then an important role, an important part of the person in that band, it disappears, is gone. Yeah. And to, to recover from that, and he's gone on and had a, a even, you know, I wouldn't say more successful, but just as like successful. Consistently. Con- he successful. stayed consistent, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now, let's spin the record real quick because Brian Johnson, there was also a death involved with his career. Oh yeah, that's how he that's, that's how, how he, he got the role the singer, yeah. of the frontman of ACDC. Bon Scott, bon Scott yeah. was the original. Yep. And in the interview that I read on Motorsports.com, I think they said they just pinned it so well. They were like, Brian Johnson handled that so well and modestly. And you've got Bon Scott, and and they were all ACDC was already super successful with Bon Scott as the leader. Okay, yeah. and his passing left Malcolm and Angus Young in the same uh, situation that Dave Grohl was in with Nirvana. Yeah. And they were like, what are we going to do? Bon Scott was the face. He was the voice. He was flamboyant. Like, that was the ACDC thing. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do? Brian's, uh, yeah, Brian Johnson steps in, has a totally different sound. He didn't try to mimic Bon yeah. Scott's flamboyant. He brought yeah. in this this edgy this different thing. Stylistically, it, they are similar. Similar, but the, but the voices are different. different. Voice. Yeah, voices yeah. are totally different. Where Brian Johnson's got that rough, edgy, cut yeah. sound yeah. Mm-hmm. that is hard to duplicate. But he didn't try to take away anything from Bon Scott. And and I think that was just super cool. You know, and, and both Dave and both Brian, I mean, they move forward with from this and still created success out of that and so i think it was cool just the the parallel universe that this interview brought in my eyes now other people just they they think i'm blowing smoke maybe but i just thought it was super cool these two guys really got into a situation where everything was broken and brought something good out of it yeah you know and i'm now interested in did did he reflect on that or have you seen something before where he talks about how he got into the band after Bon Scott? Did they know him so previously? They were, yes, and it was actually Bon Scott. And that's the reason why they interviewed Brian Johnson is, is they had seen, gosh, I want to say Brian Johnson was in a band called Gordy or Georgie or I might be butchering it and I'm so sorry. Georgie of, maybe sounds familiar. Yeah. I've, I've heard that, but. And when you hear it, I mean, he he, it's definitely Brian Johnson's voice. You know, he's got that edgy voice, but he's singing less rock and more pop sound at that time. Right. But uh, it was Bon Scott. They watched Brian Johnson and his band perform, and Bon Scott goes, man, that guy's got it. Okay. And so Malcolm Young, Angus Young, later, they were like, hey, you know what? Let's reach out to this guy. Let's bring him to Hawaii. Let's let's, And that's because that's where they recorded the Back in Black album was in Hawaii with Malang. Okay. And I just read an interview or... or, or saw an interview where Brian Johnson goes, okay, I'm doing this thing. I come up with this voice for this band. I go, we record this album and I come back home and I'm like, I think I just cut a record. I think I just did this thing. 
I don't know. And he said at that time it was. He it wasn't was, sure. Yeah. He was like, I, happen. I, I don't know where this yeah. is going to go from here. I'm back in my normal life, but I just spent all this time with these boys mm-hmm. doing this thing. And he said, when the, when the master that he received came in the mail of back in black, his buddy was like, that's not you. That's not going to work. That voice. That's like, that's a, that's not like, like his buddy, like questioned him. And he wow. just remember going, that's it. You know? And he, I think he said something like, I went down to the pub and I got, and I, Drowned my sorrows because I just thought this isn't going to work for me or this isn't going to wow. go. And then of course, back in black, you know, and they loved it. Seller. And it yeah. was a huge. Why? I wonder why his buddy said that's not you because he had heard him sing. But before. If, if you hear Brian Johnson sing, I mean, yeah, he's got that raspy voice, but it's yeah. different. He definitely yeah. put more of the edge and that screech sound. Okay, so he he notched it up a little and bit. Yeah, to, definitely. Yeah. was like, I'm going to sing really higher. And I think he even talked about in this interview how he, he mm-hmm. kind of transformed and found that voice for ACDC. But it definitely was his because you can hear the similarities in his sure. old band to where ACDC, like it's definitely, he didn't just like, you know, he didn't just do like the Christian Bale, Dark right. Knight, Batman voice. He was like, no, I'm going to, this is my voice. I'm just going to amp it up a little bit. Well, you needed, you needed a bit of an edge to yeah. make ACDC continue on that trend that they were on that matched yeah. stylistically what they were doing but he wasn't trying to imitate bon scott but on the other hand he couldn't sing like elvis presley because it'd be like that's not acdc right it was the or it was the perfect voice to come back for and i think yeah. the whole back in black it's dark it's it's yeah. rock it's like we're we're re, we're what's the word revitalized we're coming sure. back from the dead here kind oh of thing. yeah yeah i think they everything that they did even coming down to the logo with like the points in the acdc logo and stuff yeah. the lightning bolt i think it just all played into we're back in black so this is blowing my mind right now because I was not aware, and I wanted to look up because I saw Bon Scott live. Yeah, I know. That was you're, one of my first concerts. Freaking stinker! That yeah, I, I envy. I wish I could take your eyeballs in your brain and just watch it for a while. It's <laughs> a little, little grotesque <laughs> there. <laughs> rip my, please don't. I know you wanted to rip my throat yeah, out. That was weird, no, wasn't it? That. I'm yeah, sorry. No, that that's weird. okay. I got you. So I was not aware, and I'm looking on YouTube, and we're gonna get all busted for copyright stuff here, but. There is a version of Black Back in Black with Bon Scott. No way. Yes, it says Bon Scott. I want to hear it. Play Black. it. I don't okay. care. We're, we won't this throw is, this on YouTube. I was I'm not aware. Here. So maybe it was something they were working on the track, but I always thought that was the whole theme and we're back in black. And okay, here we go. Let's try this out here. Let's see second. if it is. Maybe, maybe somebody's messing. Oh, come on. I think this is junk, man. But go ahead. Okay, that's his guitar. Where's his voice? Come on, we're gonna get busted here. I don't think so. I think that's him. Got a million views, dude. Yeah, that's Bon Scott, dude. I don't think that's Bon Scott. You think so? Yes. No. I think it is, but we're going to have to do more. Let we're going to get so busted. Let me just give you my observations real quick. You look into it further later. We'll talk about it. Two things. The okay, guitar. Maybe you're right. The guitar mm-hmm. was not stylistically Angus no, at all. No, it wasn't. It was wasn't. too metal sounding. It was too... You know, whereas Angus was more bluesy. He had very much of a slow hand and more tasteful stuff instead of being super fast. Yeah. And this is just me. This is my opinion. I could be totally wrong. And if I am, that's great. There was a couple of things in the vocals, too, where I'm like, no, I don't know. 
I could be wrong. See, I got to find one with Good him find. actually Good find. singing. Yeah, pull up a Bon Scott. I don't think like he had a, that rough sound, though. He was more the, flamboyant. Oh, let's see. They had the Highway to Hell. Cool. I remember there that you go. Uh, I want to turn that off. I don't want to hear an ad. So let's see about Highway to Hell really quick. This is live German TV, so we'll see how that sounds. But I've got to get through an ad first. This is We're going way off on, on another tangent here, but uh, um, I don't care. This is kind of fun. This so. is... He doesn't have a rasp. Okay, and that was a live one. But, you know, and it would make sense that somebody, what a uh, way to pull people in if yeah. you're going to get them on YouTube. Right, right, right. But um, I'll, we'll have to research this. Look though. into that. It's that like, would be, yeah. if it is, dude, I would be shocked. But I, if I want to remember from everything that I've read, I want to say Back in Black was written you would after think. the fact. Yeah. You would think I so. could be wrong. I don't know. But, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the two singers, Bon Scott, again, was flamboyant. He was a, he was shirtless. He was, you know, he would the way he moved on stage. Yeah. Whereas Brian yeah. Johnson was more like, oh, like, in your face. I'm a rocker. I've got my cutoff shirt. You know, I've got my flat cap. I'm a, I'm a UK boy. I don't know how to say mm-hmm. it. I'm a newsie. It's uh-huh. great, you know. And, and uh, what a good... You couldn't have one without the other when it comes to ACDC. And no. you, have a, you have a total respect for both versions of the band. Well, and it's like we talked about, and I, as I'm searching, you see that right away, like Bon Scott versus Brian Johnson, and it's just like with David Lee Roth or Sammy Hay. Van Halen, exactly. Or something, you always get these... Uh, I'm always thrilled to see a band be able to have success, you know? And like with Def Leppard, they, you thought they were going to have to replace their drummer, and they didn't. That's no, even didn't. more incredible. That's incredible. But yeah. you'd like to see them you know, be able to move on from something that could potentially be a disaster for the band. Yeah. So, and I love them both. And I, yeah. I definitely, I didn't listen to Bon Scott in a long time. So hearing his voice was kind of a trip just now. Dude, and, and the fact that you got to see him road, live. So. Yeah. I want to yeah. be mad at you, but yet I want to be your <laughs> best friend and learn everything I can. Well, about. and I wasn't even, I, at the time I wasn't a huge ACDC fan. Didn't I was, you say you were with they were with Cheap Trick or something? They actually opened for Cheap Trick That's at the time. Nuts. And then they became, you know, much bigger. I would I say think, they're than, much bigger. Yeah. 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 Than Cheap Trick. So yeah. I was going to see Cheap Trick, but it was amazing because I, I really started listening to ACDC after that as well. Nice. So, yeah. Yeah. Right wow. on, dude. I mean, hey, that's what I've got. If you, uh, Outsiders, if you haven't checked it out yet, Brian Johnson's A Life on the Road uh, debuted in 2017. I think there's three seasons. Go check it out. I know there's a ton on YouTube. You might have to subscribe to some sort of streaming channel or something. Like I said, Access TV or Direct Now. Right on. Uh, we're not. They're not sponsors, but man, you got to check this out for sure. And uh, this, I thought, was just a cool story. Honestly, came to me. Last night when I was watching this thing, and then this morning when I was watching the interview with Dave Kroll, I thought, Good man, thing. this is cool. So, I'm like down to the wire here. Would we get a little, yeah. folks? You can imagine, and our friend Jeff said that too, because he was, he is potentially going to do an interview on this show with us. And then he realized when he was trying to research something just how much work could go into it. And we, yeah. we kind of kick ourselves because we don't always have the amount of time we would like to do a complete due diligence on every story. Um, and you know, it's obviously, it's not really a paid gig right now. We just do it out of love, but, uh, which one, is, we sometimes wonder what we're going to end up talking about. So. But in the same sense, which is why we decided to do Woodstock in a two part thing is because yeah. 
I did my my Woodstock without you even considering going further into it. But you, as you do, you research and you were like, dude, mm-hmm. it can't stop here. There's so much more into this. Oh, man. So it's going to yeah. be cool to see what you've got for part two. Ask me a question about Woodstock. Uh, is this like a is yeah? This like just, a year I'm just going to see because I, 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 uh, like, what year did it did take place? Well, it was 1969. That's too uh, easy. But uh, okay, what were the boys' names that started again? John Roberts and Joel Rosen. Uh oh, Rosenman. Rosenman. Rosen, Rosenman. Yeah. Rosenman. Yeah. Rosenman. Okay. What was the lineup for the first Woodstock? Well, okay, that would take too long to go through the whole thing. Um, but it, you know, I I don't have it memorized. Wasn't it? That, but that was something. Santana was there. Oh yeah, we talked a little Santana, bit about this last one. Was, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Um, there was here's a few key, really quick things. The bands that were supposed to be there and weren't the Moody Blues were going to be there, but they had oh, wow. gigged themselves in Paris. Jeff Beck was supposed to be there. His band broke up uh, before that. Iron. Did you hear the story about Iron Maiden? They were going to be there. They were on no there. Way. They were on the bill, but they they insisted on um getting a helicopter to fly them in get out of here and this is a fun story i will we're we're spending don't tell me too much much time wait for the yeah okay wait (laughs) i'm gonna just give you this really quick tidbit of a taste where are we at as far as time oh we're sitting at an hour and 25 seconds oh holy cow oh 25 seconds not 25 minutes so yeah so iron butterfly i this is a thing i didn't realize most people yeah that's what they were called or iron maiden you said Iron Maiden or Iron Butterfly? No, it's it Iron, 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 Iron Butterfly Maiden. at the Iron time. Butterfly, Iron geez. Butterfly was the name of the band. They had uh, the band that had Inagata DeVita. We talked about them. So not Iron back. Maiden, though. That's the metal band that happened much later. Uh, maybe they became Iron Maiden. Ooh. I don't know. We're sounding okay. ignorant here now. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> but for, most people remember, you know, if you mention Woodstock, they're going to recall some iconic performances. They're going to say, you know, Santana or Jimi Hendrix or Janis Joplin right. uh, or The Who or... You know, somebody, Richie Havens, but then there's other bands and I did realize, and some of them didn't get included on the album because they didn't sign the the rights to be able to do that. Or they hated how they sounded, right? They Wasn't did, the which was uh, The Who and The Grateful Dead. Oh, the Grateful wow. Dead was disappointed, but so much goes into the details and the circumstances of when they perform like the stage at that point it was so wet they were worried the stage was actually moving and they were getting shocked on their microphones and so i've had that happen and that is that does not feel good it can be nasty and it's scary and it's amazing that well one of the tidbits too just the fact that two people did die uh during woodstock Players or uh, attendees? Attendees. Oh, actually. Well, two out of how many were there? Well, that's just. I hate to be. I hate to. Yeah, but that's pretty good. Over over three almost four days of dealing with five hundred thousand, almost five hundred thousand people, and that is still to this day is one of the most fast fascinating aspects of Woodstock is that there wasn't any fights. There weren't. There was injuries, lacerated feet. There was overdoses, but only two deaths considering that and that there wasn't a lot of food and the sanitation so yeah. it's the whole thing obviously you can tell it just it you're fired up you're me. ready to do this i i love it and that's I mean, just a tidbit folks of uh, woodstock part two marty's gonna bring it he's gonna nut up I'm or shut up when it comes to woodstock part two and i'm gonna give you this little tasty <laughs> story i'm gonna nut up or shut up you got that right so the story goes that iron butterfly they agreed to play they planned to fly to LaGuardia. In New York, but they couldn't drive to Woodstock because of the traffic jams. It was known as one of the biggest traffic jams ever where it was backed up for 10 or 20 miles. So the production coordinator, John Morris, 
related the tale in a book called Back to the Garden, which is another one I probably want to read. But he said, they sent me a telegram saying, we will fly to LaGuardia. You will have helicopters pick us up. We will fly straight to the show. We will perform immediately. And then we will be flown out. So they couldn't, I, they couldn't do that. They couldn't deliver on that. No. And they did end up having some people come in by helicopter, but he was a little upset by the demanding way that it was sure. presented to him. And, and yeah. uh, I remember seeing this in a documentary. Morris sent back a telegram, see if you can figure this out, which when arranged as an acrostic spelled out, acrostic is kind of like an acronym, oh, okay. acrostic, spelled out a fairly unambiguous reply. Four reasons I can't go into. Until you are here, clarifying your situation, knowing you are having problems, you will have to find other transportation unless you plan not to come. Did, that, you, did you stay with me on no, that? What that say, it, spell, what? it basically spells out F you ah! <laughs> with the whole thing on this telegram. <laughs> and obviously, Iron Butterfly did not play Woodstock. Sure enough. After that. Yeah, sure so, enough. Oh, geez. I wonder if they ever figured out. That's I bet great, they did. man. Yeah, so. You're giving away too much. This is for uh, part well, two. Well, there's so, there's literally so much. <laughs> Look at these books. I have books on the table that I checked he out does. from the library. He does. Uh, the gentleman I'm uh, speaking with, Dale Bell, that I hope we can get on the show, but uh, you know, I can mention him. He was associate producer. Producer, he recommended a book, and there's a new one coming out, another 450-page book. So obviously, you could do a lot of homework on this. But um, yeah, yeah we do plan on discussing Woodstock some more. Right on, bro. Shawa. Well, this has been an awesome episode of Outside the Mic. Outsiders, thanks for joining us again. If you do say so yourself. Uh, If I can do say so myself, I did a pretty good job. Just going to put that out there. Yes. These are the reasons why we do it. Uh, We get such in rabbit holes and we get so passionate about talking about this stuff. We are music lovers and we are happy to share it with y'all. Right on. Glad that you like it too. Um, This has been a great episode of Outside the Mic. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Be sure to subscribe. uh, Leave some feedback. Check us out on all podcast streaming platforms or go to www.outsidethemike.com. Thank you. Bye.